guest this week is Jeff Blender. Jeff is a show promoter both in Philadelphia and in Greenville, North Carolina. And he's legendary among my friends, including many people that have appeared on the podcast, in that it's almost unfathomable how consistent he is as a promoter, and he's constantly helping all of us and he's doing it with this kind of positivity that you can't fake, if that makes any sense. I guess I wanted to try to figure out the secret of how you get to be like that. Um, I also want to say, I believe I've played more Jeff shows than any other touring act ever. If anybody wants to come at me for the title, let's go. I should mention, this is another outside field recording kind of episode. So you hear some planes and cars and all that, but it's all good. Before we begin, I want to remind you that my tour dates have been announced for my January Coast to Coast tour with Gavin Riley. Check them out at heightwithfriends.com. The artwork this week, as always, is by Mike Riley. Check him out at MikeRileyComics.com. And we're being hosted by Splice Today. SpliceToday.com. Let's, Let's go, go in. Born and raised in Lincoln Park, New Jersey. Uh, yeah, small suburban town in, in uh, North Jersey. Um, yeah, that's where, uh, I guess it's, Kind of like if you see any Kevin Smith movie, that area. I guess he's more southern, but or south central Jersey. But mm. it's, it's a yeah, go to the mall, all those kind of things that teenagers did in the in the nineties. Growing up, I have really good memories. Um, I, my father was like a uh, engineer. Mm. Um, he he was into model making um, before. Um, before you had AutoCAD, which is a computer program where you can like zoom in on these sky rises, he used to be the he used to be one of the people who made the actual buildings. Yeah. So uh, it was cool. He would bring home models of like skyscrapers, and I used to blow them up with fireworks when he was <laughs> play GI Joe on them. But yeah, so he he would get um, he would get these big jobs for six months, eight months, and pay, they'd pay very well. So we we were kind of middle class. But then all of a sudden he would not have a job for, you know, a good couple months. Oh, yeah. We'd dip back down and have some trouble. And I, I was able to see a couple different spectrums of, uh, you know, some poverty line stuff. And then affluent. And then where's the money? So it was it was kind of a wide base to kind of um, get the idea of, uh, you know, different, different walks of life. Even though I was in one spot, I was like, you know, there were certain months where I remember where we couldn't like the heat we had to use the fireplace because we didn't have the heat on and, oh yeah and, yeah and uh you know there we'd 
be like on meal programs for this one bit because it was a bad a bad year. Um, but uh, I guess you know I was in the suburbs and we we kind of I guess it was like a kind of a middle class upbringing. So how did you first? get tuned into like the music world music I would say in, probably in high school I was going to Boone High School um, and uh, I some cool friends were there and they started introducing me to bands like the Deftones and um, and uh, Radiohead and they uh, they would go into the city and, and or into like um, New Brunswick New Jersey mm. and um a little later but like say like freshman no no I mean say sophomore junior year is when I started to be able to go with them to these events Um, and in Lincoln Park there was like a there was like a fireman's hall that used to do these really good shows and we started going to them um, see like the get up kids or uh, at the drive-in play and yeah. stuff. So those kind of shows were pretty intense. And um, at the time, there was, you know, older people running them, but they were still, they were like maybe, you know, 21. And they were doing their own shows. So early on, that was my first exposure to like do DIY stuff, people doing it. And then a little later in high school, when I would go to New Brunswick and I would see the college kids have the houses. And, yeah. Um, what they did, that was a huge inspiration to see that happening. You know, see a band like Thursday, um, where I, I was, I really liked them a lot. And you know, the lead singer would be at the door, running the door, and then when he would play, he would go play and he'd go back to the door. So it was, mm. everyone was all connected into every aspect of it to try to make it fun. And um, I guess New Brunswick was the really the, the place that showed me like DIYs, pretty awesome thing. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. And it's still going today with these To the day, yeah. And um, living in Philly, I've been able to bring in some the newer New Brunswick bands. And they've got a really good, you know, every time I bring one through, I'm like, yeah, you guys are still doing that. And yeah. still ripping. And, you know, even with um, Screaming Females from there, who I really like, um, they're not from, they, I think some of them live in Philly now these days. But uh, just meeting a few people and over the years, it, I guess New Brunswick's a pretty kick-ass town, man. Yeah. It keeps going. And that was in 2000. And, you know, before even 99, 2000. Yeah. <laughs> and did you start, like, participating outside of going to shows back then or not? In really? New Jersey, not really. I just didn't have the opportunity. It was more me, like, soaking it in and loving it. Um, and, uh, you know, I always liked the aspects of how it got done, but I never really, like, it was just out of my reach of uh, meeting the right people who were connecting the dots and doing it. Yeah. Um, but when I moved to... North Carolina um, is when I started to really. Uh, that's when I, it kind of jumped at me because I because it stopped. Like when I went when I moved to Greenville, um, I, I would uh, I found a few flyers and I would go to the shows and there was there was maybe one or two people who were doing really kick-ass shows and I guess it was their time to depart. They were mm. leaving, going. You know, they had done their college experience in Greenville. Yeah. Is pretty much a transitional college town, so there was a, a time frame where there was like show, 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 and then hardly any shows. And um, that basically that gap is when I kind of was like, "Hey, maybe we should try to do shows." And, yeah. And I started to. Try and what, to what year out was that? that? I would say that was two thousand and four. Okay. Towards yeah. that mark, um, and then it 
picked up steam in 2005 with finding the Spaz house and stuff and uh, other houses. And then 2006, we got the Spazatorium and everything. So, you know, in that early 2000 time frame is, is when um, we came out of necessity almost because no one, no one was sh doing the shows. And unfortunately, no one kind of guided anyone to do them. It was, I guess that's how it happens. But yeah, all of a sudden there was nothing. And it was like, well, I know this venue has done shows. Let's figure out who booked it and, and how they booked it and, you know, talk to the people. And, and it started connecting the dots again and, you know, built up the scene that brought about Future Islands and Art Lord and Self Portraits yeah. and all that. Well, I always think it's wild with Greenville and, and like many other musicians I've talked to feel the same way. Like, like say you're talking about that time, like 2003, mm -hmm. 2004. It was like our experience was like playing these like really really small shows, and then we play in Greenville, and it would be like huge mm -hmm. sometimes, not yeah. like every time, but mm -hmm. like, and it would be like all different types of people. Yeah, you know, it, would, it like it seemed like somehow you guys made like interesting weird bands like. One of like the cool things. It it to really do. it was it was um, I don't know if it was on purpose, but it was what it was what we enjoyed a lot was definitely the here more artistic bands, um, you know, brought about more pleasure for us. So, you know, I know for myself that when a band like Eagle Ager, I don't know if you remember yeah, those guys yeah. wearing these masks, or or um, Ben Fergal when he used to come through and just brought this crazy. Just, was it Wet Wings? It was what? Wet Wings. It was another. It was another. Um, I can't remember. I think Eagle Asia is the one. There's someone else, but Ben had some Cairo like, Wings. Yeah, Cairo Wings, That's... and that kind of thing. And Dan, when Dan first started touring, and just seeing these really colorful um, outsider people just yeah. being so confident in their art and like their their kind of thing, um, it made us want to support it uh, more than just like a five-piece alternative band right 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 and um seeing the crowd like greenville i guess since they don't have anything like that at all really that they kind of even if they were not from even that mindset they kind of got into it they're like what is this this is crazy i'm gonna dance right 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 <laughs> so it was interesting how yeah all walks of life uh, would come to a party it wasn't like an exclusive thing it was like come come uh you know, be part of this, and if you enjoy it, and uh, you know, come back and yeah. So it was it was really interesting. What was the very first show that you set up? Um, <clears throat> one of the first shows that I set up or I helped to was a band called Rookie of the Year at Flying Salsa. That's oh, the yeah. one I remember making flyers for for the first time, where I I helped connect that show. And then one of the first shows that I definitely felt like it was really mine was. Was when I booked um, at my house. I booked a band um, from Wilmington called the Title Ceremony, mm. and they were like an instrumental band I really, really dug. And that was one where, you know, is a band like that that inspired me to find a house. Yeah, because I was like, there's really no place that I could conceivably see this being cooler than doing it at a house. So we had them play, and it was awesome. You know, I kind of got hooked after that. But uh, at the same time, there was. William and everyone were bringing through Dan and um, all these cool bands to play at the backdoor skate shop when they could do shows. And at the time, there was a place called the Flying Salsa, and yeah, yeah. the Percolator was a little bit before 
um, what I got involved with, but they were thrown down there too. Um, yeah, so early on, I mean, I still have some flyers from some of the early shows. It's it's nice and diverse, and it kept that way, you know? Yeah. It's funny, me and Gavin were talking about you earlier today, and we were talking about, like, did you always have this, like, super positive Um, I have a flip side, but it's really for myself. Like, after a show, after a big event, I really do like to not be around anyone. Yeah. So I give a lot. And then I I need a little bit of recoup time. Yeah. But yeah, now generally if it's a public thing, I'm really am vibing off the vibes and um and if even if the vibes are like a different if they're kinda neutral, I'm trying to bring it up because there's right. like no reason, you know, that things don't have to be pretty sweet. You know right, what I mean? Right, like right. if so it like when I'm doing a show and it's a cool situation, I always think like I think to like when I couldn't do a show. And, you know, the cops came and busted it up. So I'm always trying to keep that mindset like, you know, like, you got to enjoy while you're doing it. And you got to enjoy every second of it. Um, because really, you don't know. Um, it's like, you know, the depressing side of things is, yeah, because in my mind, it's like, I know something bad can happen and I won't be able to have as much fun as that, you know? Right, right. If that makes any sense. No, but generally, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on a pretty positive vibe when I'm, when I'm part of... Um, Supporting or creating art, allowing people to do that. Yeah, yeah. That well, gives me really big time energy. It actually is like a drug to me. Yeah, which I love. What's so interesting to me is most people do what you do one time or two times, <laughs> or, you know, and they'll be like, "Well, I did my thing." Yeah, or, you, you know, like yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's. Um, I get asked why would I keep doing it, but. I mean, in the spec, in like what I've seen in life, it, that's my favorite times of life is doing these things. So why yeah. would I want to keep doing it? And you know, my, I mean, I, I, if I, if I got someone pregnant or something, and I had to worry about a kid, maybe my, maybe my mind would be different. Maybe not totally. be worried. Yeah. But since I'm me and I know what I love and I know, um, I know what I feel that I, that people tell me that I'm good at. Um, it's my favorite thing to do. Right. And even though, you know, to pay my bills, I can't do that because that's a hard thing to do to, to, to do the, the way I do it. And, right. Right. And actually bring enough money in to do it. Yeah. Like for, for living, but, um, you know, I make it work. So, you know, I moved, I moved to Philly and during the week I work in the beer industry, which is pretty cool in itself. Um, and then on the weekends I have off and I do as many shows as I can. And you know, I call it my soul currency. If I have like, three weeks of work where it's just the beer industry I'm like drained but if I have three weeks of work and it's interspent with no breaks but I have my shows I'm not really drained right it's right. like I'm getting what I need um, from that even though like that stuff maybe I'm not making money it's like being part of what I've always loved about yeah, doing it yeah why, why did you end up moving from Greenville oh uh, Greenville basically I kind of hit a wall where where I wasn't able to really, I wasn't able to, it was basically, I was kind of booted out of town. It was like, I was doing events and they were getting so big that the cops were kind of keeping track of things. And like, yeah, they saw me, they would jokingly call me the walking noise violations. <laughs> um, they weren't really like pushing me out, but it was just at the point where, you know, I didn't know without having like a lot of money how to open my own venue. And, you know, I tried the, 
other way, which is just open it and do it. And I, yeah. and I got the best out of that that I could. And no one got really hurt. No one got arrested. And, you know, we almost got arrested. But, yeah. but yeah, no one, like, I pushed that as much as I could. And I hoped to connect with a venue that could actually, um, basically just wanted to have my rent paid. And then I could, like, function in Greenville. But that wasn't yeah. possible there. It was, there was no venues willing to, like, say, oh, you've been doing that for 10 years. Be hired. The, the venues would... Uh, open and close they would hire their friend to do it and I would come in and I'd be like hey I think I know how to you know give you longevity and I kind of know who you should work with and stuff but they would want to do their own thing and then you know like a year or two later they'd get closed down and it just that consistent transition is kind of what pushed me away from Greenville although I really like the fact that every time I go there I see new people um, who may not they've only heard about spaz stuff um, that word at least is traveled and, and people like every Every year we do the Spaz Fest. Yeah. The Spaz Fest is like my big thing now um, for Greenville because people don't even know what it was seven years ago, but they know it's cool. Yeah. And then, you know, Spaz Fest night, like, I will walk around and I'll meet people and they're like, this is crazy. Why doesn't this happen all the time in Greenville? Who, who did this? And I'm like, I don't know. Someone really cool said this. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's just, just Greenville is very a tough town and, um, you know, I... I wouldn't hesitate to go there if there was an opportunity like that, if someone wanted to open a bar and have me be the booker. Yeah. Uh, or if, like, I heard there's, like, a uh, theater opening up that could possibly book music there. If they hired me to do so, I would do it. But there's no places, like, uh, they have reached out. So, and I've got, I had an opportunity to come to Philly and work with the Danger Danger Gallery, uh, who were like-minded people. Oh, that's why you came yeah. up here. Yeah, yeah they yeah. said they said, "Hey, we heard about because we were featured in a lot of different things for at the time of different um like DIY. Uh, there were some magazines that got into like Barnes and Noble and stuff that talked mm -hmm. about Danger Danger Gallery. They talked about the Spazitorium, and through that, I I found them and and sent them a message. I said, "Hey, if you ever tour, because I know you're in bands, come to Greenville. I love what you're doing there." And then they would come and play Greenville, and that would be awesome. Like who? Like what band? They were called uh, Grandchildren. And oh yeah, yeah. They're called Red Rocket awesome. or yeah. Red Racket. Um, so through them, uh, they basically, they basically were getting to the DIY end of their thing, where where they were starting like a bunch of the people that were involved at the beginning were moving out, and then one main guy was like, "Well, we just we have this gallery coming. You know, we heard about your problems. Come and help us run this." That's right. Yeah. So I I got asked to come and and do it for a summer as a trial. Yeah. And then um, we did. I did that with my with Laura, who was helping me run the Spazitorium. So her and me, um, we took on that for a summer, and it was awesome. Uh, it was hard work, but it was really good. And then after that, they asked us. Well, they yeah, they asked if we wanted to continue it. And um, so I went back to Greenville, and I tried to do Spaz 2.0, and tried something to connect. It just wasn't connecting. So I was like, I'm going to go to mm. Philly because I have a cool situation. What there. was Spaz 2.0? The same building? No, it was down. It was like. Uh, let me think. I don't, I don't know if you ever got to play that spot. I mean, I, I want to say you might have, but it was a spot where if you, it was like kind of enclosed, and in the back there was a, a warehouse, and it was. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, me and Ed played there with Lonnie Walker one time. Yeah, yeah. So that spot, that spot lasted. Um, that spot lasted as long as it could have. I think it was a six months or so, um, going pretty strong. And in six months, you can get a lot of shit done if you're doing two shows a week. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it wasn't sustainable because it wasn't 
to the specs of the city to be like a venue. Mm. Yeah. But people were coming. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. everything was fine with the people. Yeah. Um, yeah, after the original, the Spazitron, actually, people always talk about it being like this mythical place, but it was very hard to run it because no, like, it was hard to get people to really come out and support it when we needed them. I'm sure, gonna, yeah. But, uh, you know, it was it was definitely a magical time, and every, every show I was, like, in that mindset, like, this could be it, so let's fucking party, let's have this, you know, let's do, like, five shows a week. Cause yeah. I can rage like that. I pulled back a little bit from that method because over over abundance, you know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, taking it back, um, basically Greenville, Greenville just I just ran out of options of what I thought was progress. I couldn't yeah. be momentum wise move forward. Um, and I came here because I f- thought there was a little more more momentum, and um, I I wanted to be more part of something instead of it. Right. 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 <laughs> Yeah, so and you you were booking a danger danger for many years. Yeah, right? we yeah, there's there was um let's see 2009 to 2000, probably about th- almost 3 years. Two two okay. years um I was hand in hand with, with Tristan who was booking it um you know there'd be some weeks where he w- it would be his shows and I didn't know what was happening and I would get there yeah. and be like five bands and I'd be like, "Well, I'm going to make you have a good show, guys, but it seems to be a Sunday and I don't see any you know, I don't. I didn't see many posters, and let's just have a good time. Right, right. Um, and I was okay with that because that was the life that I chose to live. Like, I lived right in the venue, and I could just go down there. Like, I would do what I'm doing now, where I have my late nights with bands, and then I'd wake up just in time for the next show. Yeah. Which I was cool. I was happy with that lifestyle, but it, you know, it. Uh, eventually, the the people involved, um, they uh, they started getting out of the DIY. They started. Um, getting serious girlfriends and getting married and then the kids come along and then we have someone who's a nurse living above the space where there's where there's loud stuff till a certain <laughs> right, time right. and eventually she gets mad and then she has a baby and then it's like now there's a baby like we gotta like I think probably gonna have to pull away yeah and then I became a roving promoter I call it and uh yeah. basically I take the skills I have and and I um and I and I don't stop booking but I I just move it out. I just move it to different places. So I work right. with four or five different spots. One of the craziest things to me is that you sort of are still the contact guy for shows in Green. Oh yeah, as you're doing all this. Well, I realized like. No offense to the person who left Greenville um, and didn't really teach anyone what to do. I understand that. Right. But I, in my mind, I said. I said I want people to organically do it themselves, but I want to be there to help them. So I offered PAs, I offered spaces, I offered to help, but really no one, no one jumped in to take, no one, there's not too many bands that jumped in to fill a gap. No right. one was willing to like want to book the shows and having all the connections and ha- and knowing that you could still go to Greenville and have a good time. Yeah. And I still have energy to offer. Uh I kept those connections, and I have people who I love who live in Greenville still, and it's it's gotten dwindled, dwindled. But there's people that I care about that want shows, and they know yeah. that if there's not me helping, that there's no shows, so they're willing to be the ones who run those shows. Right. And right, when they right. go away, then I'm gone. But until I have until I have everyone gone, if there's people who are living in Greenville and have a better experience, I could put some time into that. You know. Yeah. And I want to go there anyway. I love Greenville. It's a yeah. wild place, and I have family like. Just on the outskirts, so kind of vested interest, you know. Like when I want to go on vacation, I like the South a lot. I eventually want to live there again if I can find a cool situation. Um, 
But in the meantime, I can go on vacation there, and you know, I know enough people where I get treated pretty well. Like I can yeah. go to a bar and get some free drinks, and yeah. and I get treated nicely, and um, it's worth it to me. The hours and hours I spend still with my head in Greenville, um, right, right, and it goes right into the Spaz Fest. Um, that that uh, that me keeping at it has allowed uh, Spaz Fest to really grow into something now that the city works with, which is yeah, really yeah. cool. Um, and if I had Pulled roots up, um, it wouldn't be as momentous as, as it's been every year. Um, oh no! So I'm, I'm happy. I do get that a lot from a lot of the the people who have gone on to better things. Like they say, Jeff, if you put your your efforts forward, you could be on this booking label and this. And I'm like, I don't think I want to be a, on a booking label. I don't want to yeah. book for a you know a team of people. I kind of just like doing it this way. Yeah. And I think slowly but surely I'll, I can get to the point where where there's finances coming in and there's um, me being happy doing it. It's yeah. just like I have to be patient exactly. and something's going to click. Um, and this year in Philly, I have a good feeling because things finally are starting to click. Well, what what is it that you were, you were talking about? You might yeah, well, announcement. I worked with... Um, I worked with this gallery in Center City, which uh, Center City is awesome because that's the point... Where it's not as much as the separation in Philly, you have your West Philly, you have your Fishtown, and there's a lot of separation. Um, Center City, um, everyone can get it in there and out of there pretty easy. So I, I've been working with this this place called Goldilocks Gallery, and they um, they are amazing. But they they happen to be just above a really fancy restaurant. So we did a few shows there, and eventually the people below started like calling the cops yeah. a lot because right you know we would start at like 10 and it would get loud about 11 and they still had the people there at 11 30 so that kept getting busted up um but i kept i kept up with the owner because we got along really well and he you know he let me know that like if there's any after party shows that i want to do um so we did a few of those but i you know i kept in touch and i once in a while he would ask me to help run run late night events he had and then about Two months ago, he um, he contacted me and he, and he told me that the studio above his, uh, it was a kung fu studio, is, is moving out. Mm. And he said, how would you like to move in there, live in the space, and be the booker? Oh, shit. And he would pay half the rent, and I would pay half the rent. And then um, he, uh, that's what's happening now. Yeah. So, so I'm going to be moving there in the next couple of weeks. Um, he's fixing it up. And, and what's I, it called? It, it, we're working on a oh, name cool, right cool. now. Right now, it's the Unnamed Gallery. We're trying to think of a, a few cool names. I was thinking Kismet meant to be. Um, that's a cool yeah. word. Like, um, but you know, it might. I, right now, it's unnamed. We're trying to think of a really cool name for it. I was the SPZ Gallery, but I don't think it's gonna be Spaz. I think Spaz is is kind of gonna be my just my, you know, my pro, my Spaz Presents will be like my booking thing, but it won't yeah. be the name of the gallery. But um, we're gonna have our first event there uh, in the, in uh, January first, and it's like a, a last day of a festival, and they're doing a free show. So I'm like, well, we didn't finish the space yet, so have your show here, check it out, and I want the booker who I really like to get comfortable there and maybe um, offer some cool shows in the future. So that's what I'm really excited about. That to me is the progress I was looking for. I never had the opportunity. I didn't have my own money to do this. Yeah, you know what I mean. So having someone um, who I get gained trust for, who 
you know, I'm gonna be paying twice as much as I'm used to living in West Philly, but yeah, I have the opportunity now to book some really cool events and to do so, you know, at the right times that I want to do it. Um, yeah, it's just a really exciting thing. It's it's more um, momentum than I felt in Philly in a few years. Uh, I always loved Philly, but I was kind of you know, I was doing my thing at different shows, but I didn't feel any progress. I feel like this is really a really progression thing. So yeah, I'm excited. Oh man, well that's awesome. Yeah, you know you get invited there for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I see you got your notes here. Anything else? Yeah. That... No, I was just gonna. I was gonna say it's gonna be classy. It's gonna be classy. Yeah. Type. Yeah. That that place when when it gets going, I'm hoping it. We're gonna have it as a. Um, as a middle ground between the there above it is another gallery below it is another so yeah. this is going to be the middle ground we're going to have we're going to have it as kind of a classy joint where um, he can bring prospective clients and uh, we're probably going to just have like a boardroom area and then the whole front of it is going to be where we can have um, our up and where we can have music playing uh, so I'm excited about that and I get to live there that's awesome yeah it's not like a house show it's like a gallery I'm excited yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, like, at the risk of embarrassing you by saying this on the mic, like, to, I guess, end things off, like, I really want to say, like, I don't know how much you even realize it, but, like, I've talked to so many people that are, like, Jeff is, like, one of the reasons that I, I keep going with this music, you, you know? Like... That's cool, man. That I, You know, I get thanked a lot, um, but it really is... It's. I feel like it's an integral, um, and that it's part of what I do. And uh, but it's so. It's really cool to hear that. Uh, and you know, I feel the same. Of well, that's a, yeah. To hear those things man, make make me uh, any any kind of uh, any kind of bad moments I have doing this. Uh, I just think back. I can think back to those. You yes. know what I mean? That that makes me uh, that makes me cool with whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for doing. This, wow, man. my pleasure, man. It's an honor. Um, you know, this is a awesome thing you're doing and letting some voices be heard. And, and, you know, thank you for inviting me on. Oh, thank you. Thanks once again to Jeff. We'll see you next week.